Um, so we can talk about that. And also, as the jury um, start deliberating today in the Mar Arbery murder trial, um, had the three men accused of killing him. So what do you think that verdict would be? Um, then it's a lot of other news that been going on that just been going crazy. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to be on. Um, like I said, I'm this time of the year I work quite a bit, and my schedule, my body, not my schedule, my body won't allow me to do it. Um, because getting in and trying to get prepared and be in front of the computer and fall asleep just not good. So um, welcome to the show, Radio Chaos out of Canada. Thank you for always tuning in, supporting the show. I want to know how y'all feel about this uh, verdict that came down last week, which I'm not surprised about it because I said most likely he's probably going to get off. Um, all for the simple fact that this judge... Um, he said a couple of things at the beginning of it. One of the main things he said was, I have the last word um, in this courtroom. And then he also mentioned that um, uh, they cannot refer to the victims as victims. He said they can uh, refer to them as looter rotters and all of this. So the, the writing was already on the wall. Um, we got our first call coming in. Hold on real quick. Oh, it's Radio Chaos. Hold on. I'm, I'm trying to get everything. Radio, what's going on, my brother? Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing good. And you? Good. How do you feel about this trial? What were some things? What were some of the things that should have got in that that you seen that they didn't allow to get in? Well, the one thing that really stuck out in my mind was I watched the complete Dominic Black interview with the police. Okay. That, that was the guy that bought him the rifle. That was his buddy. Uh huh. And in the interview, he said to the cops that after that. After Rittenhouse shot everybody and he came back to the car dealership, he asked them what happened. And he said to his buddy Dominic, he said, well, he saw Rosenbaum um, damaging a car. And he told him not to do it. And then he said Rosenbaum came at him. So that right there was like he had confronted this guy. Mm. From what he told his friend. But it wasn't allowed in the trial because when they um, had it, Dominic on the stand, for whatever reason, the prosecutor never got into that. I think they kind of pick and chose what they would and wouldn't allow in. Because this judge, I think if if they would have done it by the book of law, allowed the evidence to come in, I think this judge would have called the mistrial. Um, that's my personal thinking of it. Uh, I don't know for sure, but... This judge, um, 
it's a lot about this judge. Um, I really don't cut for because if someone someone is injured, attacked, murdered, they are a victim. So I don't know um, what exactly he was thinking of. Well, I got to hand it to his defense team. I mean, they um, they did what they were. You know, I don't fault defense lawyers. That's their job is to do everything in their power in the courtroom to get their client off. And, you know, they did what they had to do. So I, I never hold that against defense lawyers. But, yeah, obviously the judge, um, I thought his demeanor on the bench was absolutely unprofessional. I, I, you know, for a guy that's been, I think he's been on that bench since the late 80s. I mean, that's a long time. And uh, I just found his demeanor terrible. Like, he, he seemed to have, like, a stake in the case, and that should not be through his actions as a judge. He shouldn't be doing that. True. I wonder if, um, because I'm sure he's getting ready to retire now, and uh, I wonder if um, if he have a payday coming. I don't know. I, I think he's, you know, something, we, we forget that judges are human beings, right? And they have flaws and they have shortcomings. And sometimes when, Maybe, I don't know, he's been on the bench for so long, he thinks he transcends things now that it's okay for him, you know, because he has all this experience um, that he can bring his personal biases in because he knows better. I don't know. But it was pretty evident. Yeah, he was definitely very unprofessional. And also, um, his mind was made up how this trial was going to go from the beginning. And how do you feel about him allowing uh Cal to to pick his own jury. Well, you know, I guess from the context, like he, you know, he was picking the numbers out of that tumbler, so obviously he couldn't see what was, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't rig it or anything. But a lot of lawyers did say they'd never seen that before. Well, I wonder because we couldn't see what was inside the tumbler. At least the video I seen, I couldn't see it. Um, is it possible they could have had certain things mark telling him what to pick i don't know but the optics don't look good it just doesn't look good like you'd just be better off not doing that in my opinion yeah and then uh some of the statements that the judge actually made um understand one of the uh racist uh comment he made about chinese food uh, yeah. about the lunch um, which was very unprofessional and then also another thing is a lot of time when you go into the courtroom they tell everyone to cut their phone off, mute it whatever but then this judge phone ring in the middle of the court um, and it was playing a, a American, I forgot the name of the song that it was playing. Oh, God bless America. Yeah, God bless America. Um, um, which is also unfortunately Trump theme song. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, definitely, you know what political leanings we have. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be able to watch a judge preside over a trial and get a good idea of what his politics are. True. True. That's not his job. He's there to, to be the referee. And call balls. Well, you know that's what they all say. Well, I'm just here to call balls and strikes. But I mean, 
mean, he made it. He, he made it pretty quick. That seems to be the new thing now. Is like he can act corrupt and do it blatantly, and that seems to be the new badge of honor. It's like you know, I'll shove it down your throat, and I'll just do it out in the open. And what are you going to do about it? Because I'm in charge. You know what I mean? Uh, exactly. It sort of seems to be the the trend. You know. Now I know that you are in Canada, and. Yeah. How do you think the outcome of this trial is going to have on our justice system when something else like this happened? I'll be honest with you. Like from the beginning, I thought it was going to be he was going to walk or be a hung jury. Okay. Yeah. I thought I thought the, the prosecution overcharged him. In a, in a sense, I, I feel he definitely should have been charged for the for the two uh, murders that that happened, at least for manslaughter, at least. And um, well, the intentional homicide one that was that was a stretch. I don't know why they brought that charge because that kind kind of comes to premeditation. What I saw on the videos was an idiot kid lying to people. And he was getting off on the experience that he was having. And then when he went, and I think, I think the jury, they came down to the point where they, they wanted to know what happened between him and Rosenbaum before he shot him. And in the evidence, it was just inconclusive. So they, it was hard for them. Like, you can't be 98% sure, right? You have to be 100% sure. So I think that's why, uh, why he ended up getting acquitted at the end of the day, but I, I just saw a stupid moron going into a situation, and he created it. He he contributed to the, the outcome of that night. No yes, he did. Most definitely. Uh, all aboard actually said, I wonder if he has told other lawyers not to refer to victim that the state was representing as victims. They weren't victims like he did here. Um, that's a good question because anybody who been violated is a victim. And, and especially if they're not the aggressive, because at this point, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse was the aggressor. And it's, uh, he never should have been there in the first place and never should give a a child a a assault rifle so um it's it's gonna be interesting how this other trial come out with with um his friend that purchased the gun because i did see him on the stand and they asked him if by any way was he getting a lighter sentence by testifying for the um for the um prosecutor and he said no so that's going to be kind of interesting how that trial go. He may get well, off in too. In his interview too, when he was when Dominic was talking to the police, and he said Kyle took the gun without asking, and and he said even in his mind he goes I I was thinking it, it's in my name I shouldn't let him take this gun, but then he told the detective he goes but if I told him no he would have thrown a fit. Mm. Well, it, but see, that doesn't get into the trial because, again, that's speculation on his part, and you know that's all the legal 
stuff. And of course, I'm not a lawyer. And you know what? That's what his lawyers probably at the pre-trial hearings about the evidence and all that. They did their job and, and they, um, you know, they they defended their client and that stuff wasn't allowed in, right? So True. Um, now, now, as for the fact, because several stories came out about this, um, this assault rifle, uh, when it first happened, first it came out that Cal took the gun without his knowledge. Uh, even in the, um, in the, um, uh, in the trial, he said that his uncle left the gun case unlocked in case they need it. And he took the guns out of the gun case and put them, uh, I guess the gun case was in the garage and he took them out of the gun case and brought all the weapons into the uh, house because he thought with the unrest, he didn't want anybody getting into the garage and taking the guns. But then again, it seemed like the stepfather wasn't anywhere to be seen during this whole thing. So I, I don't know what, what was going on there. Yeah, it is kind of shady altogether. Now, how do you feel about um, um, I know President Biden been coming under attack. Uh, one because he said he believed in our in our justice system and the jury. Um, I feel like it was premeditated what what was going to happen on this trial, and I've said it many times that I felt like he was going to get off. Um, regardless of what we may want to happen, I felt like he was actually going to get off, which he did. And now um, there, Biden said the justice system, our justice system wasn't going to get involved with it or going to investigate it or try to reopen this trial or anything. Um, do you think that's the right move or should... Uh, Department of Justice step in. Well, I think Biden was just giving the, the politician answer, you know, like, you know, I believe in the jury system, you know, because I guess he doesn't want to come across as Trump either, right? Um, for the federal um, courts to pick up his case, it would have to be like um, a hate crime or something like that. So one lawyer based you know, their opinion was like it's a very slim chance that would happen, but who knows? You know, it's only been a few days since the verdict. Um, this isn't over yet, believe me. Um, the guy that I told you I talked to who was on the ground in Wisconsin um, that night was telling me that there was like National Guard that was two miles down the road yeah. in a staging area. And it was up to the police when they wanted their help, and the police never asked for their help. Mm, okay. Um, so, so there's a lot of federal lawsuits going against the uh, police department in Kenosha, because I, I, I think the police department there didn't do a good job either. It, this was a culmination of things that happened that night, it seems, um, that are all sketchy. Yeah, from the fact that the police officer praising them for being there, giving them water, and it was past curfew. They should have been able to look at him and tell he was under age and never should have had a assault rifle. And well, here's the other thing: is that this was another point that stuck in my head. I remember in the pre-trial hearings, the defense wanted the gun charge thrown out 
and the judge refused. Then he threw and it out at the end. All of a sudden, on the Friday before they're going to give the jury instructions, you know, that both sides have rested. Now, all of a sudden, he reads the statute, and he's like, oh, no, now I understand the statute better, and this is what it means, so I'm throwing the gun charge out. I mean, it's a misdemeanor charge. You mean to tell me a guy, a, a judge in an open carry state has never provide, presided over a case where he has to read the statutes for misdemeanor gun charges? Well, as long as he's been a judge. Figure it out. I, I just found that odd, too. Yeah, as long as he's been a judge, he should have known what the statute, what the statute is on that, but... That judge. Yeah, well, I mean, it's an open carry state. I'm sure there's cases been before him where people are on misdemeanor gun charges. Like he, he, he has to know these statutes, and that that's his job. So he he refuses to throw it out, and then all of a sudden, just before the jury instructions, then he then he tosses a gun charge. So that's weird. And then also, he said before he tossed it, he said, "Well." Uh, I know y'all will find him guilty on something, so we're going to dismiss this one. It's <laughs> funny, too. Have you, have you heard the interviews from his lawyer? From uh, uh, Cal Lawyer? I, I've been so busy. Uh, I haven't been able to keep up over the last several days, but I did see part of the interview on uh, that Cal did. And I could tell... Someone was off to the side feeding him what to say, because if you watch that interview, he keep looking to the left of him. Look at his eyes. He keep looking to the left as if he's getting information from someone. Well, I'll be honest with you. Like my, my impression of Kyle, I think this kid's an asshole. <laughs> I mean, when he was on the stand, like the condescending fake uh, like the way he was trying to talk was fake and then when he was getting tripped up and by the prosecution and the cross-examination then he's looking at the judge and then he's looking at his defense lawyer well that's what happens when you take the stand as a defendant you're going to get cross-examined right and all of a sudden now we don't see the cocky you know teenager anymore and here's the two I, I find just totally ironic parts to this whole thing. When he was standing there, you know, when the verdict was about to be read, he's shaking in his boots because there's a chance he might go to prison, which is an environment which is not great for his own personal safety, and he can't take a firearm with him. Well, now he's having a panic attack. And then as soon as it's over, he's doing interviews, and now we're back to the cocky, condescending, like, oh, well, you know, this was all political and all and all this kind of stuff. So I have no respect for this kid. This kid, you know, he's made his own choices, even for a 17-year-old. Well, all the boys said the state is picking up the case, so they were the victim, and Cal was the defendant. So um, I haven't been able to research that. So... um, Hopefully somebody do step in and um uh, and take a stand on this because now um it's kind of a lot of people is concerned that when the protest goes on that 
people are going to start showing up and we're going to have more of these actions taking place. And the first thing they're going to say is my life was threatened. Well, you're the one with the weapon. How is your life threatened? Well, the way I look at it, too, is the people that were looting and starting fires, they were a bunch of idiots. And yeah, the, I agree. And the mob that showed up with guns were idiots. Yeah, I agree. You got two, two thrill-seeking groups that go to these, you know, when there's an opportunity for them to do this, this is where they go. And then you have, like, two opposing sides of stupidity, and it's kind of like, well, who's going to antagonize the other side until the other side does something stupid? Exactly. Um, and that seems to be the thing. That's why these people go to it. It's not about, oh, well, you know, I have such a strong sense of community. Give me a break. Oh, it's an hour drive for me. I can go to a riot and I can get away with brandishing a gun and I'm probably not going to get charged for it. So, hey, let's go. And, and on the other side, well, hey, I can start fires and I'm, you know. If I just keep a mask on and, you know, they can't tell my identity even with video, I'll get away with that, too. So that's what it was. And that's a small minority of people. That wasn't the protest, what the protest was about at all. That's we, We've had riots up here in Vancouver and the same idiots show up and they all and they do the same thing. Mm. And and now Cal said he's a fan of Black Lives Matter. No, he's not. <laughs> That's what he said in the Carson Tucker interview. And also, I want to shout out to T. Cal. I've been seeing that comment come up, and I've been putting them up on the stream. I said she have a busy night at work. Just had to tip in and say hi. want to also shout out to all the board who is listening. If it's your first time listening, you are listening to Speak On It With Who You With, Kurt, though. Uh, We are talking about uh, the Cal Rittenhouse verdict. And uh, we're also going to hit on uh, the Maude Aubrey uh, murder trial because um, the jury got his case today and want to know um, uh, what verdict do you think will come out of that? We are talking to Radio Chaos out of Canada, a longtime listener, and I always bring facts. Um, so, um, Mikey Fort, welcome to the uh to the show please take the time subscribe to the channel like share tell a friend uh he said the world's gone mad yeah i feel like a lot of people is gone we're in some trying time um yeah it's just crazy i don't know i feel sorry for people that live in these communities and they gotta put up with this stuff like, I feel bad for the people at Kenosha because all the people that were causing the problems, like the gun nuts and, and uh, you know, the people starting fires, most of them weren't even, they didn't even live there. True. Most of them didn't. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, let's face it, like, who wants to burn down their own neighborhood? <laughs> exactly. And what people don't realize when you do stuff like that, it's going to affect you one way or another one. Because what and, and happened? It, the, people that, the people that come out of town and start the fires and stuff, well, they want to be able to go home and go and get a coffee the next morning and where they live. Exactly. Right? And then it's, it's fine burning down somebody else's neighborhood. That's fine, you know, because I'm so upset, blah, 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 right? But the, that, that's the problem with it. Like, who, who drives an hour to go to a place to participate in that? So, um, 
so also what you got to look at when you do these type of crimes in these areas, when you go and get insurance for your house, your car, whatever, they're going to pull up the crime rate ratio in that area, in that zip code. And you're going to end up paying higher insurance for this. So it's definitely um, uh, uh, a bad situation for everyone. Um, well, and was, that, that guy told you that he, he was uh, he was on the ground there that night. He wasn't one of the looters or anything, but he was in the area. He said, like, um, the mob with guns, they were breaking the law, too. They were brandishing at people. All this stuff. You know, because it's like you can get away with it. It's an environment where, you know, you can point your gun at somebody and, you know, you're not, you're not going to get charged with it. Well, here in Texas, you can't do that. Because even yeah. if you are a licensed carrier, if you point your gun at someone, someone reported, you will go to jail. Uh, all but, to but it. in a riot, your chances go up of getting away with that because so many people are doing it, right? That, that, that's why they go to these things. And it, that wasn't a militia. That was a mob with guns. That, some guy put a Facebook post up calling people to come down to that downtown area. That wasn't a, actually the National Guard is a militia because they're under the state's oversight. Mm. Now, one other thing that the prosecutor had mentioned in this trial was the fact that, um, <clears throat> oh, excuse me, um, he was talking about. Uh, if one of the guys wanted to shoot him from 20 feet away, he could have. And instead he approached him because once he seen him with the gun after he shot someone, he could have actually grabbed this weapon, which he had it on him, and he could have shot him from 20 feet away, but instead he approached him. So he was like, how can you say your life was threatened? He had every right to shoot you. That's the thing, there's a lot of gray area when it comes to self-defense laws, and every state has different self-defense laws. That's why if you're going to be a gun owner, man, you should be up on the laws of your state, because they're not the same everywhere. And it's not the same for black folks, unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately. And even, like, Texas, they have their own unique laws when it comes to self-defense, don't they? Texas is, is a... They used to call Texas "Hang 'em High Texas," um, where it's definitely um, it's different here. Completely different, um, different laws for different folks. We had an incident the other day at a school here in Little M, Texas, um, with the police. Now this was a a planned walkout of students, and they knew it was planned, but when the police seen the kids leaving at the school, it was already planned because the kids are taking a stand on alleged sexual assault that happened at the school, and the school is not doing anything about it. The police is not doing anything about it. So the student took up on their own self to walk out of school, a peaceful protest where the police decided to stop some folks. And unfortunately, 
uh, it was two um, two young black guys that was that was uh, tased, pepper spray, arrested, and in the video you can actually see one of the cops had his taser pointed at a guy. Now this this one black guy that was tased, they tased him like twice within about a couple of seconds. You can hear it going off and. The guy, he had already been pepper sprayed, tased him back to back, and the guy looked like he passed out from it. Well, one of his friends was trying to help him, who was a, a Caucasian student. They pushed him away. At first, they had the taser pointed at him, but they pushed him away and kept pushing him back. But he's just trying to make sure his friend is okay. He'd been tased twice within three seconds, which is crazy by the police and then they have someone to come on the news last night with the superintendent saying that the officers were spit on uh and all of that but literally it's a racist town here in texas um which we have a lot of them which a lot of people don't realize that texas is not made for everybody certain areas is not good for when it's when a area become diverse with different race of people, it becomes a problem. And people got to realize that, hey, this is a problem that black folks been dealing with for a long time. 